Have you ever sat down to read your Bible and wonder where to begin, or question if the ancient words on those impossibly thin pages will ever make any sense? Maybe you've compared your Bible with the colorful and note-filled pages of others, or wondered how to understand why you believe what you believe. You're not alone, my friend. Welcome to the Biblical Context Matters podcast. I'm Bree Blum, and I will be your host while we take a closer look at God's Word through the eyes of the original audience, exploring the cultural, historical, geographical, linguistic, political, and religious influences upon the people and places of the Bible. Together, we'll learn how to intentionally study Scripture to get beyond surface-level knowledge and find a deeper belief and understanding of the heart of God. It's possible. Thank you, promise. Grow through what you go through. It's a phrase that I've used here on the podcast many times. It's also an experience that I've been blessed to have. Well, it didn't always seem like a blessing, but now being three and a half years removed from that season of my life, I can look back and easily see God's fingerprints all over the trials I experienced. Not because he caused them, but because he used them in a way to help me grow as a person, as his child, and for his glory in the greater narrative. Today, I'm grateful to introduce you to Mackenzie Ryan, who has recently helped me to share that story. Mackenzie Ryan is the creative mind behind Faith Storytellers, a community of storytellers that share their faith. And I had the supreme pleasure of working together with Mackenzie in preparation for sharing my own faith story recently. Mackenzie, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on the Let's Grow podcast. I am so grateful for the opportunity to share my story with your audience, and I cannot wait to see what other stories are shared in the coming months. So as we get started, absolutely. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what it is that you do for a living? I appreciate that. Faith Storytellers is definitely a passion project of mine. My background is actually in journalism. I was a newspaper journalist for 15 years. I worked around the country, won a national award, um, did some TV and radio through some really unique partnerships, um, and then helped co-found, I should say, and grow a live storytelling event um, in my now home of Des Moines, Iowa. And I, we just coached people, everyday people, to get up on stage and tell a short story, a first-person story, and we grew it from maybe 100 people um, in a basement to selling out Hoyt Sherman, which seats 1,200 people in our community. And there was just something about it. I know. There was just this hunger for kind of being able to lean back and listen to someone else's story and walk a little bit in their shoes. And there was something so powerful about it that I, I really wanted to uh, bring it to the faith community because we had a um, we had an event called Everyday Miracles and there it was a secular event and there were secular stories but there were two stories of uh, Christian miracles of of healing that just did not have an explanation a medical explanation and people were just out of their seats there was this craving for it and. One thing led to another, and I started teaching a class in the basement of my local church, and eventually it grew into an online ministry of helping guide writers um, and helping share their first-person stories of God. That is so beautiful. I love that. And being able to connect with others' stories is so important. I mean, just, you know, even in scripture, we're able to read these stories of these 
imperfect people and learning how we can connect to them you know something that happened thousands of years ago but still resonates in our hearts today and that's where I actually got started is um, with my blog which was originally called imperfect vessel in sharing <clears throat> excuse me imperfect stories of faith and finding the purpose in those stories and being able to connect with others so I love that that's kind of where this all started from and I am so just so grateful to be a part of it as well. I love the title of that and one of the things I learned in journalism is whenever we would write a profile story or something like that we, there always had to be what we called a quote-unquote wart. There had to be something that was not perfect about them in the story and you know it doesn't mean to be you know, crude or outlandish, but just we're all human. We're none of us are perfect. And if you present this perfect picture, it's it's actually hard for people to believe. Right. But if you're honest and vulnerable in the imperfections, then um, it really is an opportunity to connect at a deeper level. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what I found in my blogging too. Is I originally started out trying to have a, you know the silver lining to every story and there's not always one you know and sometimes life is just hard i mean we've just witnessed the immensity of how hard life can be in an entire year of it and um, so being able to share stories and see that there is still good in the imperfection um, and you know really having that opportunity to say me too is just so powerful for healing and um, developing community as well. And I coach storytellers to say that if you don't have an answer, just say, I just don't know, or, you know, is yet to be revealed, or I just, you know, I, I don't get it. But, but yet, you know, what do you know to be true about God? He's, he's with you. He's, he's, he's for good that, you know, we'll be able to understand one day. Um, and, Admitting that, I think, is very, very powerful. I agree. I agree fully. So we've talked about this a little bit. Why do you feel that it is important to share our stories? Is there anything more that you want to add to that? I've just always been a storyteller. At my wedding, my mom gave uh, this little story about me playing with my little ponies. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> creating all these stories with them, and we take a nap, and then we go back to the story. and. And um, I just found, I just find it part of who we are and I believe how God designed us to be. If you really think about how he, um, especially for our generation, has shared Jesus with us, it was in the form of a story. The Bible is a collection of stories. Um, and I just think that we're wired for story. And when we share our first person stories, there's this thing that happens between um, when I say, you know, my perspective or my faith, and when we shift to more of a teaching or preaching where we say you, and if you say you, you, you too much, people can kind of get abrasive, especially if they are not believers or they're curious, but they're not ready to commit. But if you just lean back and say, hey, I, you know, this was my experience, this is my belief, it's hard to argue with that. Um, and it creates this, this really cool connection between two people because it creates that emotional space to lean in instead of lean out. And so that's really, it's a very different type of writing. Sometimes I need to coach writers um, in the process, hey, this isn't teaching, this isn't preaching. There is a place for that that is very, very important. 
Um, I have benefited from that, but this is a very different type of ministry in that we're just sharing our true first person stories. And that is something that I learned in the process of editing as well. And it really did help open my eyes because I have worked in a couple different opportunities um, in different ministries where I have been that preacher or leader standing before a congregation or, um, you know, a group of college students or youth where I'm, you know, giving a message, but being able to just share my story from that first person perspective and you know approaching approaching it more as a friendly conversation and you know something that you would get if you sat down at a coffee shop you know across from a friend and share like this is where i've been this is how i've seen god move in my life and there's just so so much power in that type of a you know dialogue um so I really thank you for pushing me to see that different perspective. It really has opened my eyes to see um, how I can shift in my own writing to be able to um, just open things up to a new way of sharing our faith, for sure. Thank you for sharing that. And oftentimes when you give your gift of a story, and it is a gift that you get to give willingly, Sometimes you will get to receive a story in return, and that is so, so powerful. So just thank you for sharing your story and being willing to take that risk and be vulnerable. Absolutely. It's definitely a challenge sometimes. Um, you know, that vulnerability opens you up to, you know, the potential for um, some criticism, but it really... I found more often that you have people that are encouraged or inspired by that raw uh, authenticity than just um, cutting you down for it. So it's been a pleasure. And as I was learning um, more about faith storytellers, I took a look at your uh, bio and as a newbie gardener, I saw that you love to garden. <laughs> that is so great. I'm curious um, what plant has been most successful for you in your gardens? Oh, I love to garden. I lived in an apartment for years and years and years. And so when I finally got the chance to kind of till my own garden, um, when my husband and I got married, um, I was just so excited. We have a, uh, a square foot garden. So we measured out, I think it, it was 12 by 12. And now it's kind of, um, we measured out. And so, you know, one foot will take you know, one tomato plant, and then you can put, you know, I think it's four beans in one foot. And so it's, it's, we live in the suburbs, so it's not, you know, it's not an acreage or anything, but it's, it's just been so freeing to be able to go out and follow the seasons and the cycle of sowing and then reaping, which God talks about. And I love growing tomatoes. They are pretty easy to grow here, which I love. I surprisingly have a lot of trouble with corn. We tried to grow corn the first year and we live in cornfields, like the Mecca of corn growing <laughs> in Iowa. We are surrounded by cornfields and they were terrible. <laughs> um, two of them didn't even grow to full. And I just, you know, I just thought, you know, I can, I can buy these. The, you know, the fresh corn is so good. I can buy them on the corner during harvest season. And I just said, I, I'm not going <laughs> to even try to compete with the professionals. I'm just going to do my thing, which I love. That's awesome. 
I just started my garden, um, you know, in the time of COVID in quarantine. Um, a friend of mine and I decided that we would build our own raised beds and um, just take a knack at uh, possibly growing something in our backyards. And not everything was successful. Um, I've learned that growing in the ground is a lot easier than in a raised bed because it is able to tap into a lot more nutrients and to um, the water sources in the ground rather than having to water them daily and um, keeping up with the, the heat and the dry weather that we had this past summer. But it was so fun and um, I agree with you seeing God in just watching a seed turn into something that you know you can you know, watch it bloom, you can watch all the, the different stages of growth, and then being able to share that um, in your own kitchen and into the lives of others is just so beautiful. Um, what is it that you have learned most in your gardening um, about God? It's so interesting. I, when I garden, I have a tendency to go out. I mean, it's literally just a few steps from our back door, which I'm so thankful for. And in the summer, I'll go out and I'll pray while I garden. And I just feel like God is always speaking to me through um, the act of growing and then also pruning. So with tomatoes, um, what I have learned is it's really wise to um, cut off some of the weaker branches so that the, the tomatoes that are growing, the fruit is growing, um, can can grow better and that's a biblical principle and it's yet yeah, it's so hard <laughs> and I think about my own life I've had to step back from things um, so I actually stepped back from being a journalist which I felt like I was going to do forever um, a few years ago to start my own marketing business and it was I had to prune some things in order to grow um, in other areas where I felt God was leading and um, it's a secular business um, but it's given me um, you know, just an amazing um, purpose because I really believe in the power of stories um, secularly as well as, as faith, um, faithfully. And so it's just been, it, God is funny. He's worked through anything and everything. And those tomatoes, man, they're, <laughs> they're teaching me. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Pruning is one of those lessons that, like you said, is very important for growth. Um, it's very challenging to go through, but once you do, um, you know, growing through what you go through, that's one of our, our phrases here that we like to look back upon um, the times that, you know, maybe were challenging in your faith or just in your journey in life period. Um, and seeing how God has used that time to grow you and prepare you for um, a different season. And so, yeah, that is definitely <laughs> a lesson um, worth taking away from that garden. So I'm curious, what is something that you learned about God that you did not know previously before you started sharing in the uh, Faith Storytellers? And that is a great question. It's a question I ask every Faith Storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> And um, we want every story to kind of answer that question. Um, and I think it's a really, really powerful one. You know, what's coming to mind right now, I had a different answer earlier, but what's coming to mind right now is just God's faithfulness, um, taking a step back from sort of my known, um, you know, professional career as a journalist that I had built up over 15 years 
um, in multiple states and all of those sacrifices um, was humbling because I was starting over and yet God provided in, in ways that really just surprised me. Sometimes it was monetary, but a lot of times it was through his people, um, just the encouragement or somebody would recommend someone or just, it was just really amazing. Um, and I oftentimes forget that God is a provider and I don't have to do it on my own. Um, and I can kind of submit to his will. And it, ha it hasn't always been easy, but I feel like he's leading me to trust him in the small things. Um, and somehow, and I, you know, the funniest thing is, you know, when I was starting out in my business, other faithful business owners told me the same thing. And it's, there was always enough money in the checking book. It wasn't always a ton. <laughs> like sometimes it was pretty tight, but it worked. And that's, that faithfulness and that trusting is, is something that I have learned. And I think he's preparing me. And I think he always is, um, in those lessons for the future and whatever will come. And, um, and so knowing that going into 2020 was really amazing. Cause I just, I knew that it was going to be tough, but I also knew that he provides. Absolutely. He sure does. So if someone is wanting to share their story, where do you suggest that they begin? I would love you to come to faithstorytellers.com. And, you know, it's really nice to read a few stories, get a sense of the structure that we use. And we also have a free guideline um, that you can download. And we walk you through some very basic steps in terms of the writing process, what to share and not share. But really the very first step, and I have this in my material, a very, very first step, is to pray and ask God, what story do you want me to share? And it's been so interesting because it happened in the class I taught at the basement of our church. And it, it happens today when I'm working with writers online. Sometimes a story you think you're going to write is not the actual story that God wants you to write. And people end up changing it midway through. And that's okay. That is just listening and, and being led. And so that's really the place to start. Absolutely. It's a, a principle that we definitely subscribe to in being part of our online studies. Um, I have several women who have contributed to our blog, and that's always where I tell them to begin, is start with prayer. Because, you know, like you said, you may have this idea of where you want to, you know, lead this story and God will take you on a completely different path and actually teach you things about yourself that you didn't know. Um, and so it is, it is a beautiful way to begin for sure. So if somebody does go ahead and sign up for the faith storytellers process, um, you said that they, there is a, a handbook, but is there a specific timeline that um, they need to have this story to you by? Because I know some of our, our um, listeners may be hesitant to start that process, um, and maybe they, they're not confident in their writing skills. So could you tell me, us a little bit about the editing process? So no experience is necessary. And um, I really walk writers through the editing process that I learned over um, years as a journalist from some very talented editors um, and some very faithful editors. And the very first step is just to give it a try. 
um, I've had people reach out to me and just send, send an email, Mackenzie, M-A-C-K-E-I-E at faithstorytellers.com. Um, and I'll send you sort of our outline. We want you to have a beginning, a middle, where something changes and an ending that brings resolution. Um, and then you submit the story, you submit some photographs of yourself, and uh, we, we go through a two-phase process together, and it's really a partnership. So the first phase is really looking at the content and the structure. And so that's really saying, okay, um, now that we have the story in the writing, and what is the main point? And with a 900 or 1100 word story, you only really have time for one main point. So you might have a book in you and a memoir, and I've definitely encouraged writers who have a really big story to write down, you know, start writing that book that's inside of you. But for this one, what is the one thing? And that one thing needs to tie in to the beginning and middle. And so when we go through the structure, that's really what we're looking for. And I also really encourage people to paint a word picture. So um, specific memory, kind of zoom in on the details as if it was a movie scene. What are you seeing? What are you holding? What are you smelling? Where are you? Who are you with? What's the dialogue? And then also, how do you feel? What's the emotion? Um, because the emotions are the driver, they're the engine of the, the story. And that's something that is universal. We all connect with it. And then the second phase is um, more of a line edit. So then I'm, I'm literally going through the story sentence by sentence and saying, what is the most powerful way to say this? What are the unnecessary words or where is the confusion that we can bring clarity to? Sometimes it's little things. It's, can you add your city and state? So we have a sense of where you live or if you're in a small town or a big city, kind of that context is really nice. And sometimes it's just trying to get, you know, their rhythm or their, their words in, in an order that can be really powerful. And at the end of the day, you know, I really believe the story is inside of you. So I'm not writing the story. You are, and I'm just trying to help you uncover it almost. It's like, you know, we're, we're kind of unearthing it and having it emerge from you. Definitely. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the process of that second edit, the line going line by line and really looking to make the most impactful statements. Um, you know, I can be very wordy. <laughs> I liked, I like words a lot. And so um, being able to really kind of zero in on what is the, the point of this statement and how do we say this the most clearly and um, in a way that really does resonate with the emotions and um, can connect with the audience. And so I, I really did enjoy that editing process, though I'm sure, you know, for a lot of people can be um, kind of that, that pruning process in gardening as well. But it really did help me to um, grow that story in, in a more impactful way. And so I'm, I'm grateful for it as well. We've found that there are typically two types of storytellers, storytellers that are are carvers, so it's almost like they begin with this huge clay. They're going to make a a, um, a sculpture. It's this huge clay block, and they have to carve away the story. And that sounds like you. And then also sometimes there's storytellers who are builders, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I don't have anything to say." And we say, "No, you do. You have some clay, but you just need to build onto it and form it." And so they're equally difficult. Uh -huh. And but it's and it's a process for everyone. Nobody writes their first. Um, story or their first book or you know perfectly and um, not that we're ever perfect but there's always a revision process 
Definitely. Thank you for that. And I love the imagery for that too, because I am a potter. And so <laughs> I love, it. there is, there is a knack to both, which would be like hand building and which is, you know, adding on to the structure and also the, the sculpting. So those are beautiful. I love that. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today? I just would in, um, encourage you that if you know you have a story, um, your listeners, or if you know of someone who has a story to share, to check us out, um, sign up for our, our weekly newsletter. We send out all the stories that way, so you never miss one. And then um, stay tuned because we are in the process of creating an online course. We've just had a lot of interest. Um, and obviously I can't edit everybody. And so that's a less intimidating way. Um, actually some, some pastors and some folks from my church have really asked for um, some guidance because they wanna start sharing stories within their ministries of each other, but how is how do you shape it in a way that you're confident? And so the goal of the course is really to help people who have a story, learn the principles of storytelling um, so they can share confidently when they are led. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, I'm really excited. And um, it's funny because I um, I work in, you know, I own a marketing agency professionally and God uses those, those skills for faith storytellers and building out the content and the website and the, the online teaching model. And it's just been, it's been such a blessing. Um, and the second thing is, is to share the stories. So if you do sign up for the email um, and you come across a story that is speaks to you or in prayer you someone comes up to mind um, comes to mind i've had a lot of readers share the stories um, with friends or families or people who are curious it's a really great way um, to gently um, share your faith especially with the hard thing we have a number of storytellers who have been through um, grief um, miscarriage is 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 so devastating and is hard to talk about in our culture um, for various reasons um, as well as other more positive stories, miracles, things that just God was in the right moment at the right time. And um, they've really enjoyed sharing those stories with others. And that sparks a conversation and helps them in their own um, ministry and connections with believers. And that's been just a joy to hear that people are doing that. Right. Absolutely. I love that. And um, in the study that we're about to do here in the next week or so, there's uh, a phrase that the teacher Christy McClelland always says is to be a river not a lake and that is you know what we're called to in our faith is to take that information and you know send it down river to others to to inspire them to encourage them in their own journeys because um, we we all have a different place along that river um, but we are able to then you know send that on to be an inspiration for them as well oh, i love that i love that yes for sure well thank you so much for being a part of this today and for the opportunity to share my story on faith storytellers um, it, it has been a process in just learning how to um, be vulnerable uh, and um, get that word out there um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you you know share out all of the um, the dirty laundry of your life it is sharing it in a way that most exemplifies and glorifies God and um, 
So that's one thing that I suggest is if you're in the middle of the process um, in something that you're, you're seeking healing through, maybe that's not the best time to share. Um, definitely take notes. And that is something that I've done in the past. And, um, but knowing that God is going to use that story that it is powerful if it's meaningful to you it can be meaningful for others and so um i just i'm so blessed by this opportunity and i just cannot wait to see what other stories are shared in this coming year so thank you great thanks brie for having me absolutely the show notes from today's interview with Mackenzie Ryan of Faith Storytellers can be found at intentionalfilling.com slash podcast. With it comes a blog post about how you can share your own faith story. We'd love for you to share a little love with Mackenzie for helping others to share their story confidently and faithfully by swinging by her Instagram at faith underscore storytellers or her Facebook page, where you can also read the inspiring stories of others. Until next time, keep growing. Do you enjoy learning about scripture through its context? We invite you to visit our website, intentionalfilling.com, to check out the number of resources we have available in our shop, including worksheets, studies, and even our free online course, Rooted in the Word. Subscribe to the Biblical Context Matters podcast to be alerted of our new episode for more faith-boosting content. Until next time, read your Bible and remember, Biblical Context Matters.